1: Got a little older, more colder, so we gotta be less passive, more bolder So the tail can <laughs> wag the when the plan field ain't level yet I thought you knew, only credit they'll get from me is an you And I don't care about no damn quotas Just give me what you owe for wants to take it back like Sankofa No, we won't renounce the debt America bounced the check And no one ain't no... Conversation problem. reparations Conversation reparations Conversation reparations this is a twice-a-month show brought to you by the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America, also known as INCOBRA. we come coming to you on the first and third Monday of each month at 9 p.m. on Black Thought Radio Network. And my name is Jumoke Ventayo. I currently serve as the Southeast Regional Representative of INCOBRA, as well as the male co-chair of the Atlanta Chapter of INCOBRA. We are really excited about the show we have today We are very fortunate and blessed to have a dynamic young woman Who uh, just made history in uh, Evanston, Illinois By passing uh, legislation to create a reparations submission in Evanston And so we have her to um, tell us more about that And give us the background and and what the plan is And how that's going to happen and unfold And we look forward to speaking with her so, Sister Alderwoman Robin Simmons, if you could just start us off by just maybe giving us a little background about yourself so people can kind of know who you are. And and in that um, bio, you can add, you know, how you came to be an Alderwoman as well as how you come to the reparations table.
2: Uh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation to share on this program, and thank you for um, the important leadership that is being provided by Incobra, um, Incobra has been, um, an important piece for me to, um, push past in this last phase of, um, getting to our yes vote, which happened about a week ago. Um, so again, I am Robin Ruth Simmons. I am fifth ward alderman in my first term. I'm two and a half years into a four year term. And I am a product of the fifth ward of Evanston, which is uh, the west side and the historically black community in a um, affluent lakefront um, university town. Um, I was born and raised right here in the neighborhood in which I serve in. I have raised my children here. Um, I have had the um, black experience in a community that is very diverse um, but still today is very much segregated. Uh, So I've done community work and I've been an entrepreneur for 22 years now. And in my uh, work as an entrepreneur, I've had the opportunity to um, be committed to employing people in my community and myself overcoming um, low income and all the barriers that are ahead of us as black business people to Um, enter into government contracting and procurement work uh, with a construction firm and it was really in that work of um, seeking opportunity trying to scale a business trying to work with a commitment to um, employing and contracting neighborhood uh, tradespeople and entrepreneurs that I saw just how the barriers were set in place for us and without a more intentional approach to strengthening black businesses, uh, we would never really be included. Um, So I've continued doing entrepreneurship work. I uh, train entrepreneurs in my daytime, um, have now had part in over uh, 700 entrepreneurs um, graduating and being able to strengthen their business, um, 98% of them being black, 75% of them being women. So I'm very experienced in Um, the needs of the entrepreneur and the needs of the black family um, in that coaching experience. That led me into uh, pursuing running for elected office in my community. Um, I saw that our community was thriving and growing and vibrant and making the top ten most notable for many things, including um, environmental Assets and livability and walkability, and we have a thriving uh, downtown district and the business economy was growing. Um, and the only thing that was not growing was the uh, black community. Not only were we not growing in numbers, uh, but our household income was not growing, and the wealth divide was decreasing. I decided to run for Fifth Ward Alderman, and I ran a very competitive race, I won, and the last two and a half years, I've been prioritizing how do we bridge this uh, gap between black and white Evanston? How do we um, improve our policy and um, express our values in our budget so that we can strengthen and uplift black families so that we can enjoy um, Evanston as everyone else is enjoying Evanston? And it was in February of this year that I came to the conclusion of reparation. And I did not come into my office. I did not campaign on reparation. I campaigned on economic development, neighborhood safety, healthy families, affordable housing. And my conclusion is that um, the work that we had been doing, the traditional uh, diversity and inclusion work, the traditional... MWEBE goals and um, the traditional resolutions and ceremony and tradition just were not enough and we were declining in numbers now um, at a low of 16% population where at one point we were um, 25% of the population. Our uh, household income or our wealth disparity widened so right now the average black Evanston resident has an income of near $46,000 less than the average white resident. Uh, Census track 8092, which is is where I live, we have a 13-year less life expectancy um, than the average uh, white resident in Evanston. And that really led me into action uh, to be as radical as the oppression and discrimination has been um, over my lifetime and, and before that and move into reparation. I um, continued on that path starting in February of this year.
1: Okay, very, very good. So I'm just curious, was it something that led you specifically to reparations? Was it, a you know, some... Uh, uh, Conversation, presidential conversations or what, what did they do specifically to, to reparations in February?
2: So it wasn't. I had put my head down into my work and actually was um, not paying much attention to what was happening um, on the national space. I felt like I had enough business of my own as the elected leader for the fifth ward and I've been very hyper focused on my ward and the needs of my ward. Um, re- mm-hmm. Understanding what reparation is Um, knowing that we had uh, a damaged community that was um, intentional and targeted to black Evanston residents um, is what led me to reparation and uh, understanding that the repair was needed. So it wasn't wasn't, um, inspiration necessarily from a presidential campaign, although um, I did become aware that it was a platform uh, priority for the candidates I just didn't see any other way, and I know I'm familiar with over 150 years of the conversation, starting over 150 years ago with 40 acres and a mule, and sure. um, mm-hmm. continuing on with um, HR 40 in 1989, and 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 really familiar with all the good work in pursuit of reparation. I thought that we might look at Evanston as a model just really selfishly on wanting to serve the residents um, that are my neighbors. And um, there was there was really no other um, agenda other than meeting the needs and wanting to um, leave my community better than I found it when I was elected in office and um, really wanting to do that and serve with urgency. And so I put a mm-hmm. pretty ambitious timeline on reaching this goal Um, emotionally it was important to me that we were able to get significant action in this year 2019 400 years of black resilience and many Mm -hmm. told me it was an unrealistic timeline it couldn't happen Uh, and I (laughs) was committed to it happening Um, I saw a way Mm -hmm. I have been able to do the science of the um, political process that I work in, and understand the assets and the tools that I had in my elected office, and understand the strengths of our sa- our staff, the assets of our uh, community, um, the resolutions that we had passed in um, in our history, and I was able to really use uh, our history as a foundation. Uh, we passed a resolution earlier this summer. There was a commitment to ending structural racism, and it was an acknowledgement of our um, unfortunate history, including a slave here in town. And I thought this certainly is um, evidence of uh, demonstrated damages that have um, happened to our community, and we can see the impact. We can see the impact in our data. You can drive by and see the disparity between the um, infrastructure in the neighborhoods that uh, were historically redlined and other neighborhoods outside of the redline district.
1: Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the uh, ending structural racism legislation uh, resolution. Uh, I was uh, reading an article today um, in the Washington Post that really gave some of the background information because, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are not necessarily organizers or activists don't realize uh, or politicians, I guess I could say as well, don't realize that usually there's a whole lot of work in, in behind something when you see something produced or when you see something happen, don't realize that there's been years and years of that of uh, mm-hmm. work that has been going on behind that. And and maybe you might want to unpack that some more. Or I read about a, a commission on equity and empowerment, I guess, only before you yeah. were elected. And then mm-hmm. even that the, the article, referenced, um, I don't know where they got this from, but they referenced Evanston as a pioneer in equity and mm-hmm. talked about the chief equity officer and that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the, these conversations were going on. And then also I think the whole piece around the uh, legalization uh, of marijuana in, in Illinois, which also has an impact to your bill. So maybe you could lay out some of those background uh, you know, context that gets us to the um to to your bill before we get to your bill
2: absolutely so you're right i mean i i could not have done this cold this work actually started in 2002 with uh then second ward alderman now judge Lionel jean baptiste um proposed and had a unanimous support for a reparation resolution that mm-hmm. uh, was in solidarity of hr 40 it also mm-hmm. called on our school districts to include our black history Um, It had some other good points in it. And and the work started then with uh, Ottoman Jean-Baptiste, now Judge Jean-Baptiste. It continued on with uh, Evanston celebrating our our rich diversity and um, continued on further with us creating an equity and empowerment uh, officer and then having a mayoral appointed Equity Empowerment Commission, which included, um, two past aldermen, a faith leader, a, um, elementary school principal, um, two other, uh, diversity advocates, and they have a working group that is paying attention to, um, helping us govern our city with, a, with an equity lens. So it was that work, and it was the, work of our entire city council, including um, diversity and inclusion as one of our city council goals. And it was the work of the broader community, um, having an equity lens in their work and their hiring. It was um, our school district that um, did the same. This really was set up well by our community broadly, the residents having their own private book clubs seeking truth and sharing uncomfortable journeys. An example of that is Dear Evanston, a um, private uh, now nonprofit that pays attention to uh, racial concerns and, and has a heavy focus on fifth ward matters. So Evanston had been preparing for this. The beauty of our preparation and timing in in our state of Illinois was that the work that happened at a state level um, led by Rep Cassidy and her colleagues and the uh, cannabis um, legislation allowed for uh, opportunity for repair. Um, That cannabis policy had language in it that really nudged me in... um, supporting or proposing that we use the sales tax revenue to work on the um, repair that was needed in the community Um, so that is um, going into effect January 1 and we have one existing medical dispensary that will operate as a recreational dispensary January Um, We have two additional licenses that will come in 2020. And we have a projected, um, five to seven hundred thousand dollars right now of, um, tax, city tax revenue. We have an additional tax at three percent. And so right now what we've done is we have, um, the first municipal approved and funded reparation for African American residents the commitment is a minimum of 10 million dollars, the first um, 100 percent of the cannabis sales tax to 10 million dollars. The fund is open however and receiving contributions from anyone or any institution that would like to participate and our first um, contribution was actually from Dear Evanston and the next was from the Cabin family. Um, So my hope is that the 10 million dollars although it's not enough to right the wrong. Um, it certainly does move us uh, beyond ceremony and apology and into um, action that can um, move us toward the outcomes that I would like to see for us. And that would be um, increased household income for black families building wealth, um, increased revenue for black businesses and improved infrastructure um, for the historically red line part of our city which is the west end of the fifth ward.
1: All right. So yeah, I I'm the the bill the Illinois State Bill talks about, I know, a social equity um provision mm-hmm. in terms of expunging the criminal records and, and as well as favoring licenses to disproportionately affected people. Mm-hmm. I, I was just I was just interested in the fact I, I also read that you we're proposing that the money be more directly directed as individual payments as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, a lot of times people talk about reparation, they talk about collective payments, whether that be, you know, to go into uh, education or, or right. uh, fund, right. fund for entrepreneurship or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so i just, would you care to just share, elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. And thanks. I think that's a very key point because, um, the, the hardest work is ahead of us. How exactly do we disperse the funds? And then there mm-hmm. is also some slight debate about who qualifies. Uh, but I do have all intentions that these dollars are direct payments to um, to the residents. I don't want this money to get caught, in, caught up into uh, programmatic funds and paid to Uh, agencies and service providers that might provide a, um, professional service or some sort of, um, air quote empowerment, but essentially, uh, help fund the, uh, payroll of a nonprofit. That's not my goal for this. My goal is that we determine what programming, um, will, we will use with this fund and we will establish criteria and once qualified, you will receive a, receive a direct payment. And that very heavily should be focused on ownership, home ownership specifically. Much of our wealth was lost um, in the Great Recession um, with, you know, due to predatory lending. We mm. still challenge. we're still challenged with um, preserving our, our housing and our wealth with over assessed Cook County property taxes and not having fair access To uh, mortgage products so my goal is that we can together as a community come up with a um, program that um, directly invests into um, families preserving their homes and into um, purchasing homes or even purchasing investment properties being that home ownership is the most likely path to generating wealth um, no matter black or white Uh, So that would be an example of what I would like to see um, in in the space of um, education or technical support if there is a uh, program that is identified and and once the resident is qualified, um, we can give them a payment um, for them to use towards towards, uh, whatever that capacity building, um, wealth building tool uh, might be for them. And there's been some other talk about possibly um, supporting properties that have, um, prop- or families that have property tax burdens. And those are things that we will um, work out and establish with the help of the National African American Reparations Commission um, that will be joining us in Evanston uh, this in the next week or so, on December 11th. So I'm hoping that um, we can start to build a framework then at that event and continue on with the um, mentorship and support of NCOBRA as well. Um, We are open to working with uh, thought leaders and um, folks that have been committed in studying reparation work before we started because we've only – started in this in this calendar year. Uh, so we have yet to complete that work and we still have to complete exactly um who qualifies for the reparation.
1: All right. Um yeah I noticed that um when um some of the posts when um, and let me acknowledge while I'm thinking about it uh, I was going to do it toward the end but great am going acknowledge it now Brother Cam Howard who's the National Mail Coach of Incobra uh, based mm-hmm. in Chicago I understand he um, gave some testimony uh, when your legislation was being proposed as well as he uh, was able to link you with us so that we could do this show so I want to acknowledge my big brother uh, Cam Howard um,
2: yeah, and I just, um, let's pause mm-hmm. there. I would have done it before the sure. call was over. Um, but I can't thank Cam enough. I mean, for for driving, I don't know how how far south he was coming from, but he came to Evanston on, on a Monday night, and we have long meetings. And not only did he have prepared a uh, written statement of support, which I was able to share with my colleagues on city council, um, but he came also and spoke on behalf of Encobra, and gave very compelling testimony and in a united spirit, and we really needed that at that time. Um, so I, I just want to say um, thank you to Cam for doing that uh, and, and also kind of holding my hand through the last stages of this process and helping me understand um, some of the history of reparation work and Different uh, philosophies behind it uh, And some things that I just really was not prepared for and In my very hyper-local hyper, mm-hmm. hyper local focus I was not mm-hmm. really even aware of some of the um, discussion That was happening on a national level So he has um, helped bring me up to speed And educate mm-hmm. me on, on this uh, process
1: Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Yeah. So, um I, I was just curious. I know we're going, we're coming up to the break. Um let's see. Let's let's want to go ahead and do the break, brother. It's 9:28. Yes, yes, sir. All right, then. We we're, we're going to continue on the other side of the break.
0: Okay. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasts and live program scheduling Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com dot com.
1: All right, and we are back. This is conversation reparations. We're having a conversation this evening with Alderwoman Robin Rue Simmons, and who just recently passed some historic legislation in Evanston. Illinois to create a commission uh, up to ten million dollars for reparations in her in her community in Evanston and, and for people I guess for anybody in the in the area not just in your ward right right mm-hmm. all, of all of Evanston all of Evanston right very good so I was just curious in terms of the, the entity itself. Now, is this going to be like something that the city controls or is it going to cre- create a separate entity or, or board and everything? I know you mentioned earlier also that, you know, you have it set up with different um, individuals or other organizations or institutions that want to put money into the fund um, mm-hmm. could, can do so. So I was just wondering what is the actual structure of the the commission or uh,
2: Thank you. Um, so right now the uh, recommendation came from the Equity Empowerment Commission. It, w- it The initial recommendation came with a uh, recommendation that the city manager conduct a feasibility statement and I wasn't okay with that. That wasn't enough of a commitment. I felt like it was a, a passive um, way that we might get kind of stuck in committee. Um, so I made an amendment when it was in, when it was recommended that it does not go to the city manager, but it goes to the city council. We are the governing body. We speak on behalf of the residents of Evanston, and that it not be a, fi- a feasibility statement, but we move forward. So that happened um, this summer, and it, it was uh, unanimously um, received and. Accepted by the City Council. The Reparation Fund was actually established on October 15th, and a subcommittee was appointed, which includes um, myself as the chair, Aceward Audeman, Ann Rainey, who has been a wonderful partner in this process. She's been a equal uh, housing rights advocate for over 30 years. It includes our Corporation Council, Michelle Mason Cup, and our Deputy. Uh, City Manager, Kimberly Richardson. And um, so at this point, that makes up the subcommittee, and it is our charge to make the recommendations on the initiatives that we recommend to uh, use the funds and also um, determine the qualifications to access the funds. Uh, so that recommendation will come from us. It will go to the City Council, and the City Council will um then approve or challenge. Um I'm hoping that we um will get uh an approval on our first recommendation and it will be managed by the city. Uh now as we're doing the work and if it is determined that um this should be managed by another entity. Um, I don't I haven't had any thought about that, so I can't say now that I oppose it. Um, But right now, I can't think of an agency or entity that would be more appropriate to manage this than the the city council at this point. Now, whether if there's a new entity that's formed, you know, that hasn't Mm -hmm. been a discussion at this point. At this point, the city council Mm -hmm. has approved it with the eight to one vote, and Mm -hmm. we are prepared to...
1: Um, administer and direct our staff to administer this program. Okay. Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's, uh, that's, that's good. Yeah, I didn't know. I was just thinking that, and I see that you're open to it, that, you know, maybe that it might evolve into, you know, a separate entity that could be a 501C3 or 501C4 or even just a, uh, you know, actual, you know, entity that it could evolve into at some point perhaps, or maybe not. But um, I wanted wanted to
2: ask you Uh, Sure So I want to add that we have A a very uh, Active electorate Like our residents in Evanston Are engaged and and they don't hold back Their opinions Um, The process to get us to to this point Included several public meetings And the recommendations Mm -hmm. Both from the commission And uh, the votes on council Come informed by our residents We've had um, hundreds of uh, correspondents, either feedback at community meetings, emails, uh, public comment and public testimony uh, between our council meetings and the commission meetings.
1: Okay. So you're saying that to say that they have supported the, the, the way that you've been moving so far?
2: So far. I mean, of course, <laughs> there there is some... Um, opposition, it's been quiet uh, but the fact that we did have um, one no vote, I understand that my mm-hmm. colleague um, is speaking on behalf of a community that does not support reparations uh, and then even mm-hmm. within our own community, there's been um, some uncertainty will we ever see the money um, what mm-hmm. will happen what, what sort of program and that's all fair mm-hmm. because we have uh, not been included, and we've been disappointed um, for mm-hmm. lifetimes, and so I I understand where that hopelessness is coming from, and I'm mm-hmm. committed to making sure that um, this money is a direct investment to Black households.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I, and actually, when you said that, it made me think about that. You know where having the opportunity to discuss this with you at the very early, early stages. And so this will be something that we, you know, would love to monitor as it continues to get more detailed and work, you know, the the details out. You know, maybe we could, you know, have you on periodically throughout the next year or two as as it continues to evolve. And we have people that can call in and give their testimony of how the, the reparations fund help them to get their house or whatever, you know. That would be great. I can't wait for (laughs)
2: that. I can't wait for that.
1: (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. So you mentioned the 8-to-1 vote. What is the um, current makeup of of your city council racial makeup?
2: We have uh, nine aldermen. We have a Mm -hmm. mayor. We're a city uh, manager-run government. So our mayor does not vote. He only um, can break a tie. And then we have an elected clerk, so we three of the nine aldermen are black, and our clerk is a black man, a young black man um and then we have a good mix of um gender equality on the uh city council and throughout our uh department heads as well um uh, we have a good representation, but this is actually the most color that our city council has seen. Um, our ninth ward alderman, I'm pretty sure she's the first black alderman in that ward. Um, and mm-hmm. the second and fifth ward aldermen have been historically African American.
1: Okay, so you actually passed this with a majority uh, European American city council? Yes, sir. I'm yes. I what you're saying. There's only three African American and six. Other. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yep. I've never mm-hmm. thought about um, that victory, but yes, and that speaks to the community that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I think that the data shows we needed to do more, and we do we've mm-hmm. done a lot that that make us feel better. Um, a ton of ceremony, plenty of resolutions, hundreds actually in the name of uh, inclusion and and Black History, Black empowerment. Uh, but this was really a radical step and a bold mm-hmm. commitment to uh, really get the impact because you can't keep coming back year after year and saying that we have a uh, $56,000 income gap and that we have uh, 71% mm-hmm. of marijuana arrests are black, but we have a declining black population now at 16%. You can't every year have a report from the health department that says we have 13 year health disparity and say that we're doing good work at some point we have to do something different I mean the definition of insanity is continue to do the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. and I felt like on my short time on council we aren't doing enough we aren't getting the impact we are celebrating but there is no impact. And what can we do differently? And reparations hasn't been done yet. It's an uncomfortable mm-hmm. word. Um, in fact, when I first started the discussion uh, with some of my colleagues, they said, just call it anything but reparations. And and I'm more comfortable <laughs> with it. Uh, yeah. and,
0: and,
2: and, and so my initial email said that, um, want to explore racial equity policy. And then the body of the email said, because reparations is uncomfortable and then I went on into how we need to move forward with reparations so Um, but acknowledging that it's uncomfortable is so radical um, it's unpopular in some quiet corners of our city and I was okay with being unpopular if that meant I spoke truth to power and I spoke up on behalf of the community that I love and serve I was okay with um, you know, losing some relationships if we got the impact, and um mm-hmm. you know I believe that the residents are encouraged and inspired, I think getting a lot of positive feedback, folks want more answers, and we 're going to get those answers together as a community, but they certainly do see the commitment, and i 'm asking them that they hold us accountable now to this minimum ten million dollars and uh, the policy that continues on um, with the funding. And and everyone's not happy. Again, you know, we had a no vote. Um, I have had some uh, hate mail, uh, mostly electronic, and I believe those folks are outside of our community, and they're just ignorant. They're just um you know, we already have reparations. It's called, you know, link card and welfare and go get a job and you lazy slaves and, you know, these sorts mm-hmm. of things, which is just not really sophisticated arguments even. I mean, you could Google search and see um, the history of the welfare system was established for white women when their husbands were gone to war. And you can see the percentage mm-hmm. of uh, whites and blacks that are um, receiving government assistance. So I don't, I'm not so much bothered by those. I think those are folks that maybe saw the story on social media and just decided to attack me. Um, But in my Mm -hmm. own community, I haven't had any um, direct um, communication of opposition, although I know it's there. And I imagine my colleagues that serve in other communities are receiving it. Um, I've been receiving uh, hope and uh, gratitude and offers of support, all hands on deck, has been my response to everyone. It's going to take everyone in their position um, to get this thing done right.
1: Yes, uh, and actually, it, it's interesting you said that about reparations. You know, being uncomfortable for people is actually only uncomfortable when it comes to us right <laughs> because <laughs> uh, we're probably talking about reparations when it comes to Jewish people or Japanese or Native Americans or other groups That's of true. people right yeah so but yeah I understand I've been uh, done doing some work with some of the colleges that um, have a consortium called uh, Slave um, university studying slavery and have been going to some of their gatherings. And, you know, when I first went, you know, that's one of the things that I was told, like, you know, we're we talk, you know, we want to do some things around racial reconciliation. We'll put, like you said, the symbolic stuff, we'll put a marker up when we found out this, you know, enslaved Africans built a school or we find a cemetery, or whatever, you know, reparations is not on the table or not even a talking point. And I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, you know, we kept pushing in the next, the next, the next, um, conference they had, I came doing a reparations presentation, then the next conference I ended up doing two reparations presentations and the next conference <laughs> two presentations again on reparations. So and then of course with this year, you know, with the conversation just shifted on a national level. just like, you know, I come to them like, oh so reparations still not able to be talked about now. <laughs> 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 yeah. So um I was curious yeah, in think terms that's of um
2: now. I think folks are Yeah, the momentum is definitely... About it now, here. there's been some precedent that, and the conversation oh, yeah. is happening. Um, I'm meeting people that have been, you know, way ahead of us on doing reparation work in their cities, and um, it's mm-hmm. time. I think it's time.
1: Yeah. So you, you mentioned um, Dear Evanston, and are there, were there other organizations? I know, because usually when things like this happen, there's also Grassroots, Um, push as well from different organizations so were there other organizations that um, supported this endeavor at the uh, local level and grassroots level
2: Um, I would say that it's been more individual advocates in town Um, so Mm -hmm. Dear Evanston is one Uh, there's another organization Evanston past present and future Um, but there have been uh, individual advocates long time and even newer um, local advocates that have pushed it. And it and it mm-hmm. just happened. So I'm hoping that more organizations do get behind the work and come up with um, input and recommendations as we work on the policy. But at this point, um, you know, it was a week ago today that it passed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I think I'm I'm looking through my notes. and All my questions have been asked. You got anything, Brother Scotty? <laughs> uh, would you like to sh- share with the uh, people how they can get in touch with you, email, phone number, uh,
2: yeah. contact information? Absolutely. So no phone number, but I will, okay. uh, mm-hmm. I'm available at rsimmons at org. And I have a uh, ward meeting every second Wednesday. It's at the Civic Center, and which is 2100 Ridge Avenue, Evanston, Illinois, 60201. And it is in room G300 at 7 PM. I am inviting everyone in the Chicagoland area and beyond, if you're willing to travel, to join us, uh, NARC and COBRA, many community stakeholders, um, all are welcome to our town hall, which will include a panel that will be moderated by Dr. Ron Daniels, who is the leader of NARC, and the panel will include um, NARC commissioners, including Cam Howard and uh, Judge Lionel Jean-Baptiste and others. I will be on the panel, as well as Monte Moncadillo, who is the vice chair of the Equity and Empowerment Commission we will open up with a um, introduction and a history of Black Evanston presented by Dino Robinson who is the founder and president of Shorefront Legacy Museum which is a museum that um, has the black history for Evanston and the North Shore up to Glencoe so I would recommend that anyone that is curious about the black experience and black history in Evanston, um, take a trip to Shorefront or visit their website or social sites, Shorefront Legacy Museum, and learn more about uh, the rich history in Evanston and also the oppression um, that we have dealt with in our past and even the current discrimination um, that we have dealt with as black residents.
1: All right. well we thank you i um I hope that you will also will record this session, either stream it or video record it as well for some of us who will not be in Illinois to take advantage of this wonderful gathering.
0: Yeah, uh, I so actually will be
1: out of the country at the time, so I know I definitely oh, would not I would okay. love to be there but i yeah.
2: So we're gonna do uh at a minimum a um social live stream and mm-hmm. I'll need to get with um Narc and then Cobra and see if they have pages that we could stream it on. I plan to stream it on my uh primary social page which is Robin Rue Simmons Fifth Ward Alderman on Facebook and on Instagram. It is uh, Robin underscore Fifth Ward. And so I'll stream it uh, in both places. And if I didn't say it, the meeting is at 7 p.m. on the uh, 11th of December, and it's at First Church of God Christian Life Center, which is on Simpson. And it's, it's the 1700 block of Simpson. You'll have to check the address, but it's First Church of God Christian Life Center, it's on Simpson. It's a large church. All are welcome. Um, again, I don't know if I mentioned that Danny Glover is on the panel. Did I mention that?
1: Mm-hmm. Nope.
2: Okay, so Danny Glover. He works Glover. very
1: closely with Rod um, uh, Daniels, yeah.
2: Okay, so mm-hmm. Danny Glover yeah. is actually um, going to be coming in to join us on the panel, and he mm-hmm. is, you know, an actor and humanitarian and UN mm-hmm. ambassador and a big uh, reparation advocate. Um, so he will be mm-hmm. a special guest on the panel as well.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and he um was, you know, participated in a hearing on June June 19th in DC for, on HR40. Mhm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm just so grateful to know that there is a whole movement <laughs> that I've been mm-hmm. able to um kind of lean on for support and Reference and even further education. And I want to say thank you for having this platform to share reparation. And I'm here to support in any way um, that's appropriate. And um, I don't know that I would have had as much confidence moving forward if it were not for a connection to. This movement, which actually I was given the introduction um, by Judge Lionel Jean Baptiste, who I consider a uh, mentor. He's a leader here in town, and it just mm-hmm. so happened that he was on the commission, and so I'm grateful that I, I I thought enough to call him before I went to Congressional Black Caucus Forum, and that's where I was actually able to meet. Dr. Ron Daniels, and then mm-hmm. um, kind of solidify this partnership that we have going forward to uh, continue this work.
1: Well, we thank you for your um, passion and 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 just hearing the he, hearing and heeding the call to reparations and using your, as you said, your skill set to uh, make some. Actually, make something actually happen around reparations in your town based on the political position that you have and and using it um, skillfully and creatively to make something happen to advance reparations and to advance the uplift of the citizens of Evanston, Illinois. So, we give thanks for you and your brilliance and your creativity and your passion as well.
2: Thank you. And um, I'll be following the show. Now that I know this so this is every other
1: week, or mhm, well, there's first and third Monday,
2: okay first
1: and third Monday, mhm, yeah, and you can also listen to back issues uh of the show as well. There's been a mix between we try to do mostly current events, but we also have done some historical stuff as well, you know, we did a tribute to John Conyers, you know after he right after he had transitioned. Um, and and some other things, Queen Mother Moore. But there's been some historical stuff. And then also we've talked about, you know, current events like this, you know, situation here and other events. You know, there's so much happening every, you know, really every week now in terms of the reparations movement and, and everyone doesn't really know, what's, you know, all of the things that's going on. You know, so we're using this platform to share with people what's going on and keeping people updated. So, again, we're really glad to get you on today. Uh, to keep this update.
2: All right, thank you, sir, and you have a good evening.
1: All right, thank you. You as well. Okay. All right. I'm listening to conversation reparations programming by Encobra. We can be reached at Encobra Online, n c o b r a Cobra Online dot org or info at Encobra dot org. You can reach me directly at reparationsj at gmail.com, reparationsj at gmail.com, or 678 437 7882. Again, that's six seven eight four three seven seven eight eight two. Listening to Conversation Reparations with Brother Jumoke and, and National and Cobra. Thank you. Getting money like an ATM machine. The economy is at its lowest by far. So I, the black man, got a work call like Mel Parno stars to my soldiers. Cobra, hold your head, it's not over, Jim Crow ain't dead, he just got a little older, more colder, so we gotta be less passive, more bolder, so the tail can wag the road, when the playing field ain't level yet, I thought you knew, only credit they'll get from me is an I.O.U., and I don't care about no damn quotas, just give me what you owe for, forced to take it back like Sankofa, no we won't renounce the debt, America...